This week, the obvious question is, why do we ruin a good thing? I'm Mike Trevisato with Bob Meyer and Joe Bertalic. On our show, one of us asks the other two a question that may seem obvious, but doesn't seem to have an obvious answer, and we see what we can figure out about it. We invite you to help us find answers through comments on our site, obviousquestion.wordpress.com, or on our Facebook page for The Obvious Question. This week, I'm curious as to why we, myself included, have the propensity to take for granted the good things in our lives to such an extent that we ruin them. Why do we have a tendency to sometimes not cherish the goodness that already exists and instead throw it away for something that may or may not be better? And damn the consequences. Why do we ruin a good thing? I was thinking about the biblical story of Adam and Eve, right? And then the biblical story of Adam and Eve, Eve eats from the, she takes an apple from the tree of, of, of knowledge, right? That's what it's called, right? Tree of knowledge. Yeah remembering this right <laughs> and and then adam he, she gives it to adam and he eats it too right and and god sets this garden up to be the best thing that there, there can be you know and all he says is don't eat from that tree and yet she takes the apple and then he eats the apple like an idiot they both do it they both ruin what is exactly perfect all right and if you believe in you know the myth of of Adam and Eve, and you believe in in that stuff, then you know there's all sorts of connotations that come come from that. But it it interests me because it's like the first documented you know myth. If you just go by a time period of when the when the myth is supposed to take place, of us ruining a good thing, of 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 us having something that is uh, great, and and everything you would ever think you would want it to be. And yet we ruin it. We do something that that throws it away. And I'm curious about that. Why do we do that? Because I do that in my life. And I, I know other people do that in their lives. They have something that is set up uh, that is really, really special and really good. And then they ruin it. They do something and they and they take it for granted and, and they ruin it. So why do we ruin a good thing? Well, first, Mike, let me let me think for a second about the the knowledge, the tree of knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I, I think I'm going to disagree a little bit with, and again, it's an interpretation on my part of of that story. But um, I think it has to do with with gaining knowledge in the sense of good and evil of of growing up. You know, I think the story is a great one, and it's uh, you said myth. You know, myth is a deep truth. I think there's there's all kinds of truth to it. But the way I interpret the story for myself is that it's a case of gaining knowledge where as a young child you would never have that you live in a in a, a relatively fantasy world you know the that garden of paradise and for me it's it's the growing up and, and gaining knowledge uh, and the story is a great one about how that happens and pretty soon the knowledge of good and evil is what really trips you up so if i think about messing up you know in terms of why do i mess up a good thing i think it has to do with that it has to do with with me knowing stuff learning stuff and not necessarily the right stuff to where I get myself in trouble very quickly. And things come out of it like, you know, pride on my part or, or uh, anger, you know, uh, arrogance on my part. Those things that I didn't have when I was a young child. And somehow I grew into that and I, I got it a little, little piece at a time until finally I'm this person who is capable of destroying pretty much anything. I mean, I can't imagine, you could say, well, a two-year-old could throw a tantrum, but the person, the little 
boy or girl is not throwing a tantrum, I don't think, because they know better. I think they just don't know anything. So they're crying because they're hungry, they're wet or something like that. But I think as adults, once you know stuff, once you have that kind of knowledge um, and power then that's associated with it, is that you make mistakes, but they're learned mistakes. They're things that you see other people do or you think is the right thing to do in a given situation. And then when you do it, you find out that, like you said, it kills whatever the situation is. So I'll think a little bit about it as, as you guys are talking, but I think there's a piece of it for me that says, yeah, I do that. And it's because I'm, I'm trying to win something. I'm trying to, I'm angry about something or I, it's a learned behavior that I'm going to enact. I'm going to act out a certain way and I blow a perfectly good thing, a perfectly good situation. You know, how do, why do we ruin a good thing? I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is spit out the apple, you know, um, I, I, I don't have the perfect answer, but the one thing that comes to mind for me is that this uh, theory I developed years ago, and it was when I was, I guess, camping out in Pennsylvania, and I was on the top of a like a, a mountain peak and looking down into the valley, and I call it DMS or, or distant distant mountain syndrome. And basically, what it was is where you know I'm down there in the valley, and I see the mountain, and I want to climb up to the top of the mountain, and uh, I spend the entire day doing that. And when I get there, you know, you, you would hope that, you know, I think I built a fire, looked out, relaxed a little bit. But then I then I had some angst. Like I was like, ah, you know, this is boring. What am I doing up here? And I look down there and I see this beautiful valley and, and it's it's gorgeous and like little farms down there and everything. And I'm like, I want to be in the valley. You know, let me go down to the to the valley. And uh, and that's what I think it is. You know, why we ruin a good thing is because we think something else is better. We have a hard time enjoying what we've got, whether that's our families or our house or our car or realizing that the material goods in our life don't really matter. It's the people in our life that matter. Uh, but on the surface, it's, it's that imagery, right? It's like the, our senses are fooled. Uh, senses are fooled all the time. That could be, let's say, in the case of somebody that, that has an affair, right? Um, it's easy, right? It's, it's easy to meet somebody and, and have them flatter you or flirt with you and you're not thinking about, oh, I got to take out the trash, I got to do the dishes, I've got to, you know, get the kids to school. You don't have those complications with that person that you're just meeting in that moment. So it's the same thing where it's, it's like you're you're distracted for a moment, but when I get down there to the valley, I realize it's not any different. Uh, I I I don't know why, but this notion of Shel Silverstein jumps into my mind, and if you guys don't know who he is, you know children's author and wrote some great books including the giving tree um you know i think the sidewalk never ends you know great books to check out but they always had that message and and the and it seems like this is one that's ripe for a message like why why are there so many people around us that are getting divorced or you know taking you know saying that this is the path that i'm taking and ruin a good thing there's there's an answer to that and so i have a theory but I, I, I think I need to wait for the rest of the podcast to, to reveal the actual answer. So, Bob, if I could ask you, where do you think that comes from? I mean, I, I, I hear you, and I think, I think you're right. I agree with what you're saying. But I, I, for me, I don't understand where it comes from. Like, even for myself, why do, why do I do that? What's the motivation? What's, you know, what's the reason why when you're standing on the mountain, you want to – I understand that because I do the same thing. I look for the next thing versus living in that moment. You know, and when I'm in the moment – the next thing doesn't matter to me. but So where's that drive coming from? The thing is pushing me to do that. What do you think? 
I think it I think it's that sense of fulfillment, you know, like or, or wanting to be happy. You know, I think a lot of at least for me, a lot of the things that drive me are, are wanting to be happy. But I think you almost have to get out of your mind a little bit and just be, you know, and maybe this gets you in trouble too. Spontaneity, right? I mean, because um, I always struggle with the, the doing the practical, pragmatic, and then also being spontaneous. But, you know, there's also responsibility comes into play, especially as you get older, right? When you're younger, you just kind of did whatever you wanted to do and didn't really think about it much, and that could get you in trouble. But it seems like that happens with adults too, right? I know, I think we've talked before on the podcast before that I know a lot of people that in their mid-40s, you know, they, they were married, had kids, married for 15 years, you think, or 20 years, you think that they're the happy couple, and then you know, my kids are in high school, their kids are in high school, and boom, it's like, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are getting a divorce. I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? But it seems like the vast majority of the people I know fall in that category, or even, uh, you know, grandparents, where I, I know cases of folks that, you know, not only had kids, but had grandkids, and then they're in their 60s and they get divorced. And it's like, whoa, at that point, <laughs> I think you'd settle in a little bit and say, you know, I'm okay with this, you know, like, Let's live out our lives together, but um, it doesn't seem to happen. So, you know, I, I I think it's that sense of fulfillment, and again, it's imagery. It's 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 this is goes way back, but I don't know. I think it was um, Irma the not hints from Heloise, but Irma Brombach. I think it was the grass is always greener on the other side of the septic tank. I don't know if you remember that. Um, mm-hmm. But but that was the notion that it's it looks better over there. It's like it's that keeping up with the Joneses thing, and I don't know. For me, it it's probably the most frustrating thing in my life when I hear people talk about, well, Joe got a new car, so I think we're going to go out and shop for a new car tomorrow, or you know, like hey, you know, Mike's got this swanky new suit. I think I need to get one of those too. It's like why, you know, why why do we do those things, and maybe to in a sense those are connected to why we make these decisions to to one up or 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 to 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 go in a different direction but i don't i don't know that these folks that are making these other decisions if you polled them and say okay you're 2 years into this you left this good thing for this thing is it better i would say maybe 20% of the time maybe it is better if they were really in let's say a toxic relationship and they got out of that and got into a better one it's probably better, but I think in many cases, it's probably not better, and it probably doesn't last. It seems to me that that we, and I do this, I'm absolutely guilty of it, fail to see what we have. Even, even with example after example, you know, in the news or right outside of your door of people that really, truly lack, you know, people that are homeless or people that are really in some sort of... Uh, medical having a really medical big medical problem or you look at at aleppo i mean people who who can't even uh, escape the city that they (laughs) that is under siege and you'd think those would be hit you know they're so prevalent that they would hit you in the face enough to say my god i'm so lucky just to just have a house or just to have you know clothes or enough to eat you know and everything above that is is just is is just cherries right It, it but we don't, and I don't, and and I look at the people closer. I read that news story, and then I shut down my browser, and I look at the you know the people around me, and I think, and I compare against them, and then I all of a sudden feel some sort of lack, and I immediately forget about you know the huge number of people 
the, the number of people without in this world are far, far outnumber the people with, right? I, I, but I forget that. I can easily put that away and, and just focus on myself and find some deficiency that I need to fill and and that's all I focus on. And I think that's why I I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to, you know, ruin it, you know, just to try to fill that little void, that short, that short term void. And and that why do I why do I do that? Why would anyone do that? You know, is it part of the human condition because it's so prevalent? Uh, you know, if I if I think about what I, you know, I have the answer, about, Mike. Hit it. Hit, it's hit it's a midlife crisis. That's what you're going through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with you if, if it weren't if it weren't so so typical, you know, so common for really young kids to do it, too. And, and you just said, like, you know, people that are married, you know, they're 60 in their 60s, they get divorced. You know, it's like it's like our birthright. You know, it's like as part of being human, I think it's that damn apple. You know, like we <laughs> you know, we ate the apple. We got knowledge of good and evil. We got the lack. Right. We don't live like I don't see my dogs walking around like depressed because they lack in some way, you know, unless one has a bone, the other doesn't. And then they just fight about it. Right. You know, but that there seems to be more of a direct need there, right? direct purpose. Yeah. You said something about like the, you know, the people that are suffering. And, and one thing that came to mind for me is the nothing to lose versus everything to lose. And maybe this this whole um, idea of, you know, why do we ruin a good thing is, is only the the people that have everything and have something to lose kind of problem. Because the other folks are really they have everything to improve. You know, they're focused on survival. How do I feed my family? How do I get away from danger? Um, basic survival kind of needs. Um, but the folks that have everything and, you know, to some extent, I, I think maybe it's a boredom thing. It's like, oh, I've got everything. And, and, uh, I I saw a study one time, you know, as we always see these, like, let's just poke at the politicians for a minute that, you know, why, why does somebody that on paper and in the media looks great. And then all of a sudden the, you know, the bottom drops out and you hear this big scandal and you're like, oh, I can't believe that person did that. And there, there was some kind of study, psychological study that was done that said that, you know, the chances are very high for somebody that lives this righteous, really good life and everything is perfect that they're, it's more probable or they're more susceptible to doing that dangerous thing that's totally out of character because that risk might be exciting. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people, how they get into the danger zone that they're like, oh, this feels good. This feels different. Like, let's spice it up a little bit. Let's do something crazy. And then that crazy thing, one thing leads to another, and then they're on the other side of, of something, and they're like, wow, I left something good for this, and, and now I'm in too deep. So, so they, they do it, or we do it, to fill a hole that we perceive to, to exist in our life. Like right now, I lack somehow. I, my life isn't exciting, it's boring, or yeah. that's just one example. Could be uh, other things, right? And so I do these things, I'm, I place all of this other good stuff at risk, just to fill yeah. that void that may or may not be true. Well, what about the example of a job, right? Like that's one where in some cases you don't know if you're ruining a good thing because, you know, it, it's that whole risk reward thing. Um, let's say you're in a job and you're you're successful, but you're not happy. Um, some people might look at it if you took a lower paying job, like let's say with a nonprofit, for you, that might be a great thing. For somebody else, they might look at it and say, well, Mike doesn't have the beautiful house and the car anymore because, you know, he basically makes a quarter of the salary for a nonprofit. But 
that might totally fulfill you and and be a great thing. So it's a personal question, I think, for you know wh- whether something's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, and I certainly agree with what you're saying. And there's another piece too. I always fall back on culture and say, you know, what does it mean to be human? I have no idea, but I I know what it means to be a certain culture, like to live in in the United States, to live in the Northeast, to live in Pennsylvania, to grow up in New York, that kind of thing. I have a sense of it. And there's there's a, a piece that I think is there that I, I'm blind to, too, because once I get into culture, I, I tend not to see it unless I can read about history or read about other cultures or under, or have someone from outside of my group tell me, that's kind of weird what you're doing, because otherwise it seems normal. Like people who grew up in certain areas do things that other people from different areas think is kind of strange. So just for a second, if I think about it, an article I was reading a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, marriage is a fairly recent invention, marriage for love, I should say. And they were saying that for years and years and years, you married to protect your holdings, your family holdings, to merge kingdoms or whatever happened back then. It's only in the last couple hundred years that that love has entered the picture. And I'm wondering about things like that, where we have a, a set of norms in a cultural way that we've been told is the right way to do stuff. But they don't match the humanness of us or the, the even the cultural part of us that says, here's how we function in a regular a regular day. So that you come up against something where you, the rule is you do this for life. But when you get into it, it's like, well, wait a minute, where did that rule come from? And I'm not comfortable doing it, this thing, whether it's marriage or maybe it's a job or something like that. But you're so stuck in the cultural rule, the setup, that to get out of it means you have to break whatever that relationship is. And you start to feel that frustration. I think midlife crisis, Bob, you mentioned that kind of thing comes up as a result of it. But I'm wondering if we're missing, and, and me, me also, I mean, not, not just you guys, but all of us are missing the idea that we're in a culture that is disposable, throwaway, you know, what's next, what's exciting. We're inundated by ads all the time about the next thing, the next best thing. I mean, how many times do you want to swap your phone out after you get it for a couple of months? I don't personally, but I mean, I know people who say, I got to get that new one. I got that next one. I, I've got to get that, try that next thing. I mean, we're in a culture that kind of says that every day to us in, in very hidden messages sometimes. And so put that against what is the norm for the culture, the rules that, that exist. And I think the rules are going to shift and they're already shifting back in, you know, in my day when my parents were, you know, were married, are married, uh, were, actually, they, they, they were not divorced is what I'm saying. They went through a, a, a situation where I think people would say it's tougher to stay together, but that's the norm. And, and I think that's true of today's norm as well is it's tougher to stay together than it is to, to separate. It's harder to, to maintain a relationship for that long, but because the norm is or was, but you don't change that, you stay in it. Now the norm is changing to where if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else and do something different. I think that's just, it's trying to pick up. We're right in the middle of it right now. We're seeing changes like that, that um, it messes up a good thing, which could have been a good thing if it was 50 years ago or 100 years ago when that was the, the standard. But I think that's changing very quickly. I think that I think that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. It, it it does to me. I know that the things in in myself that I find that I'm lacking, right, in the way I am or the or the things that I have, a huge huge detail about that is that I'm telling myself that I'm lacking those things. Sometimes it's easy to say culture is doing it or advertising is doing it, and and forget about the huge filter that we have right in ourselves that takes that information and then says, 
I'm going to accept that as true or I'm not going to accept it as true for me. And I think a problem I have is all, I all, all too often forget about my own filter and I accept that information as true. And I say, shit, I do lack something. I do have to fill it by consuming, you know, something or by doing something. And I forget. And, and that's where I can I, I forget about being grateful for what I already have. And all of those sort of things that would otherwise say to me, dude, you are complete now. In fact, you could lose just about everything that you currently have. You're still complete. You have your family. You have people around you that love you. You have enough to eat. You have a warm place to sleep, right? And and comparatively speaking, that's far more than many people have. So be cool. Enjoy it, right? Uh, but I, yeah, I easily can forget about that. So... Uh, with that said, you know, final thoughts from from you guys on this one. One one final thought I have is just I think it's a personal thing. This ruining a good thing because even when we talked about people that we might judge and look at at afar, we don't know their life, right? We think we do. We think we have all the elements to put together our own opinions, but we really don't. We're not living their life every day. Uh, so I think it comes down to you got to ask yourself the questions that you just posed there, Mike, that you know, you're complete. Uh, only you can answer whether you're complete. I can't look at it and say, well, he made a mistake by doing this or leaving that for this. That's not for me to decide. It's for you to decide. And I always, I always go with myself, uh, that body wisdom kind of thing, that oh, I can walk out into the world and I feel good about myself, that I've made the right choices, the right decisions. That's a happy, great feeling. Uh, if something doesn't feel right, then I probably made the wrong the, the wrong choice, and it's up to me to correct that. So, it's uh it rests on the shoulders of the uh, the person that's making that decision ultimately. So, uh, do the right thing. And Mike, I would I would echo what you said a minute ago with uh, with having a lot, and not realizing just what you have. I mean, you hear that that kind of you know the the house was destroyed, the town was destroyed, and there are people standing around. They say. But at least we're all alive, or at least we got through it, and that's that's most important. It sounds sappy when they say it. And I think to myself, oh sure, what are you going to say? You know, I'm miserable. I lost my you know, my favorite puzzle or something. It, it just sounds really sappy. I think, but it's real. That's the crazy part. Is it's real. It sounds that way, but it's a real thing. And it hit me yesterday. I was driving uh, on the, the turnpike here in Pennsylvania for about uh, 70 miles. And I'm cruising along, and I've got a fairly new car, and it's comfortable and and the temperature here was, I think, about 16 or 14 with the wind chill down around zero. I'm cruising along, perfect comfort. I was listening to Christmas music and thinking to myself, what a great place and what a great moment. Like I'm sheltered from the wind. I'm out of the cold. I've got a heater. I've got great music playing and I can go anywhere I want right now. I can do anything I want with it. And I'm not hungry. I'm not I'm not lacking anything. You know, if I'm lacking anything, it's that I'm I'm lacking the intelligence to know that that's a good deal or the, you know, the wisdom to know that, that I'm in a good place. But it hit me how just how much, how important that is. Like you said before, I don't think, I don't think there's anything that matters, the things that matter. I think it's that other, that other piece that we don't see all the time that, that says, you know, I'm fine just the way I am, you know, and, and things are great just the way they are. And, t- and not take that for granted. You know, recognize that I've got a pretty good, pretty good thing going on.